Today's special NBA All-Star Ballot episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast and Channel 33, as well as our favorite app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Go to SeatGeek.com slash BS to start using SeatGeek, especially if you're a Patriot fan who lives in the Colorado area. We need more of you there. Don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app. Enter promo code BS. SeatGeek will send you $20 once you've made your first purchase. Today's episode also brought to you by Blue Apron. So sorry Joe House isn't going to be here to hear this read. Uh, Stop ordering expensive takeout for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron will deliver you all the fresh ingredients you need for a delicious and healthy home-cooked meal. Hey, Chris Ryan, would you eat uh, Juicy Lucy Burgers with frizzled onion and butter lettuce walnut salad? I'm going to top you here. I am a Blue Apron customer. Oh, wow. Yeah, there vegetarian, you go. vegetarian options. I love the butternut squash tacos. Oh, there you go. Blue Apron. Chris Ryan uses it. Use Blue Apron and you could be making healthy dishes right away. Tonight. Right now, you get your first two meals for free by going to blueapron.com slash BS. It is all-star time. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Tupac would have loved this podcast. Toronto rolling. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never been to Toronto. I don't know if I'm going to this All-Star. I haven't decided yet. It's going to be a little cold. It can't be that much colder than it was in New York last year, though. Or LA the last two months. Um, we're going to do all We're at the midway point, basically. We're yeah. literally at the midway point. We're taping this on a Wednesday. So if anything crazy happens in the Wednesday night games, our apologies. Hopefully nothing weird will happen. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh I'm going to give my teams, and Chris Ryan is going to play devil's advocate. Chris Ryan, formerly at Grantland, uh, currently of our Untitled Digital Project that might be titled soon. Very, very soon. I like it. That's like a Radiohead album, the Unt- Untitled Digital Project. Yeah, or Prince. <laughs> um, so you're going to devil's advocate the living crap out of I'm going to do me. my best. Yeah. This my is really Pacino. all you have. You're a Sixers fan. <laughs> and... Uh, there's also a lot of pressure on this podcast after the Heat 20th anniversary podcast, which really captivated America. I know, I know. Yeah. I don't know if I have as much uh, as much to say about the chances of uh, of Jimmy Butler as I do about the the acting work of Val Kilmer, but I'm going to try my best. I'm going to tell you one thing: give me what you got. <laughs> give me what you got. Uh, Eastern Conference. Here are my starters, and we'll go through them after uh, after I list them. I have LeBron and Paul George as the forwards. I think those are no brainers. Yep. Uh, Andre Drummond at center, which we could talk about. And then my guards are John Wall and Jimmy Butler. I bumped skinny Kyle Lowry to the to the reserves. Uh, what is your biggest gripe with those five picks? I think it would be the Lowry-Wall trade-off there. Okay. I, I think that Wall's been really good. I was watching highlights the other day. I went back and rewatched a little bit of his Isaiah Thomas duel. Yeah, from, from, it like, was a duel. It, it was, was like it was a little bit Hamilton Burr. Like yeah. I could see a Broadway <laughs> musical about Hamilton it in two hundred years. Um, I don't know who's who in that equation, but Wall's been okay this year. I think Wall's Wall's been really a victim of like, is he a small ball point guard? I you know it's like it's interesting. He's so fast and he moves the ball so well, and they re- reimagine this offense to be a small ball offense, and obviously hasn't worked out partly because Bradley Beal's made of of porcelain but like Brendan Bills he's played 20 of 40 games yeah and here's the case for Wall 2010 and 4 20.4 PR a couple steals a game the splits are pretty good 43% shooting they're only 19 and 21 I don't blame him for that I watch the Wizards and I just feel like he's the guy trapped on a bad movie he's Mark Wahlberg and shooter is Paul Pierce really that big of a difference well, but I think Nene really dropped off too. Yeah. 
they, they're counting on a lot of weird swing guys like Gary Neal, Garrett Temple, and Wall has been the only constant. I'm kind of amazed that they're near 500. Every time I watch them, I just think they're not good at basketball. Randy Whitman, I don't know why they haven't fired him yet. Because you got the glasses. So people don't think it's Randy Whitman. They think it's his evil oh, it's, twin, it's, Bandy Whitman. <laughs> Randall. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm not penalizing him for that. I don't think he had a good first couple of weeks. He got booted home once, but... Um, every time I watch them, I just feel like he's, he's kind of There's just a cloud them. hanging over this this Wizards season. Totally. You know, sometimes I think this happens with teams that play a little over their heads in the year before, and then there's a little bit of a hangover because they have to play up to what they were the season before. Um, I think the Beal drop-off has been tough, especially yep. when you watch guys like Lillard and McCollum kind of like grow together and, and become these these sort of great backcourts in, in the, in other, on other teams. And I just don't, I don't know what they're going to do with, with that. You know, it's also well, but Wall is a piece though. Like you can build around him, of course, yeah. And I still think that you have to imagine that there's still so, in the conversation for Durant, even if even if Washington fans are booing Wall at home. I remember that when when that happened, people were like, "Oh, Kevin's not gonna like that." I'm not. I'm for me, it's Miami. Riley Miami's just over and over horse. and then gets gets dudes and figures out stuff, and Durant, they're the Durant dark horse for me. Okay, I, Washington seems too easy. I think. Durant's almost too smart to just go home and be the savior and have that pressure. The guy hates pressure. He hates the media stuff. He hates getting picked apart. He's probably the most sensitive superstar we have. I like how he gets mad and then apologizes. How many times does he apologize? His relationship with the media. That's right. This week, because he gave it's that really speech where he's like, I actually love you guys. Yeah. yeah. And, and at one point, it's like, this is great. Durant, he's really shooting from the hip. We, we always want athletes to do this. But then every time he does this, I'm like, God, shut up, Kevin Durant. You're more coddled than you and Westbrook are more coddled than any two basketball players in the same team on the Internet. The Internet loves those guys. How are you? What are you thinking in terms of? So why? Why not Lowry here? All right. So. I just think if you switch those guys and you gave John Wall all of those Raptors pieces. That team would probably have around the same record. If you put Lowry on the on the Wizards, I don't know if he could have done anything better than John Wall did. What Lowry right now is uh, twenty one six and five, nice splits are good, twenty one PR. He's been good. Congra- uh, once again, congratulations to Kyle Lowry for getting in shape this season. I thought that was really <laughs> noble and great of him. So he makes twelve million a year. I, I don't know when I when I watch both of them, I just feel like like Wall can keep teams in the game by himself. I just like how he's playing a tiny bit better. Yeah. And Lowry, I'm not even sure if he's the best Wall's guy. Wall's shooting his... a little bit better this year too. Looks like it. Yeah, he's at uh 43%. But I part of my problem with Lowry is I don't know if he's the best guard on his own team. DeMar. Yeah. yeah. I have DeRozan as a reserve who's 22 points a game this year, which is the best he's done. But more importantly, um getting to the rim. You know, he's yeah. o- over eight, which is really guard, really good for for guard. Zach had a thing in his All Star piece about how he's like twelve drives a game. He's really old school. Everybody has drifted toward this. All your perimeter guys have to make threes, and Lowry is just like, no, I'm from the 1970s. I'm just going to drive every time. I'm just going to try to get as close to the basket as I can. But Demar going to the rim is a pretty recent revelation. It is almost like over the summer, like they all sat in a circle and said, "What do you, what do you want to work on over the summer?" And Kyle Lowry was like, "I'm going to start eating. I'm going to stop eating yeah. pancakes." And Demar Derozan was like, "I'm not going to be afraid of the rim anymore." Kyle Lowry's like, "I'm signing." The guy's for basically Blue a condor. He should be driving like every chance he gets. Well, it is a contract year, Chris. <laughs> I don't. I hate to be cynical, but uh, I, I don't know if next year 
here. Kyle, uh, DeMar DeRozan is going to be 8.2 free throw attempts a game. I really, to be honest, John Wall, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, you can pick any of them as the starter. It's, it's Kyrie Irving's spot, and it's kind of screwed up this whole Eastern team because, right. you know, and we'll get to the 12th spot in a second, but really there's 11 All-Stars, and then the 12th spot could be anybody because it's Kyrie Irving didn't play enough games. But it Kyrie Irving is the... Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler are the two best guards in the East. Butler's having a great year, 22-5-4, and four, uh, 45% shooting. Leads the league in minutes. Yeah, again, but not as many two. as when he used to play under Tibbs. Right. Yeah. But if he, was at, if he was leading the league in minutes and Tibbs was there, people would blame Tibbs. Right. But I looked up in the 2000 season, the year after the lockout, 99-2000, 17 guys played at least 38.2 minutes a game that year. And Michael Finley was at like 42 and I think that's one of the trends I've noticed this year is this is really the year that everybody's just terrified of playing their guys too many minutes. You know, you look at like Curry's under 34. All the Warriors guys are like 34 and under. Durant's at like 35. Westbrook's, I think, under 34. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, these guys are 40, 42 minutes every single game. I think people know now that it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's really smart. Do you think it has anything to do, aside from the improved science and then what we know about what the body needs in terms of rest? Is there anything about, like, the way that this regular season is shaken out and the, the separation that's already happened with the elite teams? No question. Yeah. And well, so these guys are just like, I mean, it, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you go see the Spurs in February or March, you're not going to see at least some of the main guys, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's more logical. You know, and it's funny because it burned the Spurs last year. They were almost so careful with the schedule that it ended up, they had to play in the road in round one, and it probably cost them the Western Finals appearance. But... um I think this is logical to me. 38 minutes is the right number for a great player. Somewhere between 35, 38. You rest five minutes each half. Come out maybe with three minutes to go. The transition from first quarter to second quarter. It's another timeout. Then another timeout, 10-minute mark of the second quarter. Seems right, right? 37, 38 minutes. Yeah, and then some some guys are getting kind of experimental. That doesn't Vogel plays George like these really concerted blocks of minutes, right? Yeah. And then he rests him in a very like concerted way where he's not so he's not like subbing him in and out in and out. I think Blatt still has a pretty itchy trigger finger with LeBron. You know what I mean? Like as soon as as soon as things start going wrong, I feel like LeBron's got to take all his towels off and all his like shirts right. off and start wandering back to the to the scores table. Blatt's just itchy in general. Yeah, he's itchy and tense, and I I think he knows. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the Cavs after we finish the teams. Yeah. But- I think he knows the team that they have, the pieces don't fit. It's not quite right. So Paul George is having a great comeback season. Um, His team's, you know, he's 24-7 and every night. Great defense. I I would say he's in the top five defenders. He's not better than Kawhi, but he's probably at that next level. His team is 23-19. and So funky. When you watch that team, you're like, oh, my God. Like, it's Monte Ellis post-prime. It's all these guys that are either past their prime or not even close to their prime yet. And... They're kind of lingering. That's a Vogel. I think Vogel and Paul George get all the credit for yeah. that. But he's, I think he's been, would you, what would you put LeBron versus Paul George this season? More reliable night to night. Uh, probably LeBron, but I, but I it's think an argument. But Paul George's peaks are higher than LeBron's peaks this season, I think. Yeah. LeBron. And I, can, I, can I say that sometimes I find watching Paul George more pleasurable than watching LeBron? Yeah, LeBron's got a little, it's it's a little more Carl Malone-ish for him this season. Yeah. Very robotic. I think the creativity doesn't seem to be there as much. He's just kind of 
mechanically going I don't through think the he games. likes his own team. We're no. going to talk about the Cavs. I don't think he does. We'll save that for after we finish this. So LeBron, he, you, he's not past his prime. This is like the tail end of his post-prime, I think. But if you look at his stats, so I combined the stats from 13 and 14, the last two Miami seasons he had. Every night, 27, 8, and 7, 30.4 PER, 57% shooting, 41% shooting from three, and got to the line 7.3 uh, free throw attempts. This year, it's about 85% as good, right? 25, 7, and 6. The PR is 26.6. It's about 85% as good. Um, the three-point shooting has dropped to 30%. That's been the biggest difference for him. Yeah, well, he's you, no longer a good three-point shooter. Do you, you think this is just something that he's It's just he's in a cold streak or are guys like, are people closing him out more? or What do you think is happening? I think it's legs. Yeah. I think uh, year 13, all the miles he put on regular season playoffs, um, the legs are going to be the first to go, more responsibility. Miami, especially that's that third year, the second title year, when they won the 27th straight, He'd become kind of this crazy sabermetric robot creation of just every shot he took was, was the so, right shot. Yeah. Now he's got a lot of people dumping him the ball in the last seven seconds and guys in the wrong spots. And I think his Goldsberry shot chart back then was just a giant heart beating. It was like, oh, the, it, was the like best. it was like you couldn't even you couldn't even make a chart about that. Yeah. So I would say when you think about it, forty percent to thirty percent, right? Yeah. So he went from making four out of every ten to making three out of every ten, but it makes sense because. One out of every 10 threes he takes is a terrible shot, you know? And that's the part where PR and stuff, they don't take into account um, when you're just screwed by mm-hmm. your offense or your teammates. And the best guy just has to take bad shots sometimes. That was one of Kobe's best skills was that he was a great bad shot taker. And he was okay. Some some guys aren't as good, you right. know? Um, so anyway, I looked up, this is year 13 for him. Which is amazing. Like Larry Bird retired after 13 years. And he's, that in perspective. Yeah, and LeBron is still in the conversation. Of, yeah. Yeah. So here are all the guys who had an, a PR over 24 in year 13. 98 Carl Malone. That was his last kind of really good MVP season. Even though the, the lockout next year, I think he might have even won, but who cares? The lockout season was stupid. 05 Shaq, Shaq's first Miami season. Uh, LeBron this year. 08 KG. Mm. The last great full KG season. 98 MJ, the last MJ Chicago season. 2010 Duncan. He doesn't count because he's an alien. Right. Uh, And then 2009 Kobe. Um, Those are the only guys who have been this good and this efficient in year 13. That's not a long list. If you look at that list, a lot of those guys are about to go off a cliff. Yeah, and all those guys are aliens. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who knows? Uh, So anyway, uh, we didn't talk about Andre Drummond. A little bit polarizing, Andre Drummond. Doesn't play hard all the time. Does Andre um, Drummond sometimes feel like a guy on a Doug Moe Denver team? Yeah. Where you just like look at the numbers and you're just like, eh, if I if I look under the hood, am I going to find like two gnomes putting <laughs> spark plugs together? You know, like, I know that he, I love watching. De- like, I kind of really enjoy watching Detroit. And I, the alley oops are fun. Yeah. The him and, and Jackson are really fun. And I like KCP, like yeah. just watching him play and stuff. And I think that they're going to be fun for a couple of years. They'll be and, an interesting round one team. Yeah. They're well coached. They have some weird pieces. Yeah, if you get Stan in a weird round one matchup with somebody that he's going to be able to chess chess move out, it would oh, be yeah. really exciting. There's some there's some danger teams. Like that's a team that potentially against Cleveland mm-hmm. 
it could be interesting just because Cleveland's such a weird but you, team. But if they do get to, if it's like a seven-two with Toronto or something like that, oh yeah, they could get they could get into the mix of them. So Drummond's basically putting up seventeen and fifteen every night, uh-huh. which does not happen very often. Last forty years, two thousand twelve love Moses did it three times. Ninety-one Kevin Willis. Very, that's, that's kind of who I was thinking about when I was like a very, Dumbo player. <laughs> very suspicious season. I'll leave it at that. Uh, and the they first sent Chuck Robinson. Yeah. Chuck so, Robinson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we ended up getting his own Nike poster out of it. Um, the catch with Drummond, other than the fact that Cousins just kicked his ass earlier in the season. I watched that game. That was like, oh, John Andre Drummond is the league's next best center. And then Cousins just killed him. But 35% free throw shooting. Yeah. Almost single-handedly made me take him off the team. But I, I, I'm old school. I feel like the my all-star starters need a center or somebody who at least plays center. I couldn't do, like, Zach had Paul Millsap on his team. I couldn't do that. I didn't feel good about that. Did you? So let's look at your bench, though, a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. Here, so I had the two Toronto guys. Chris Bosh, I really thought long and hard about putting him in that drumming spot. Yeah. Like the way he's playing. You're 13 for him, too. Also, just one of the most reliably entertaining like quotes and presences great. in the NBA. So great loves to have Chris Bosh. Yeah. Remember when people were out on Chris Bosh and yes. down on him and shitting on him and posting dinosaur memes and all, all this stuff and <laughs> memes, memes, memes. Why can't I say that correctly? Uh, Chris Bosh yet again, just efficient 19 and eight every night. Good D he's, he's a three point shooter, which he wasn't 10 years ago by any stretch. Yeah. Uh, and yet, and he's playing know. consistently on a very inconsistent and confusing Miami team. Well, I, I, and it's weird because I gave Wall credit for being on a weird team, and right. I don't blame him. But yet, I blame Bosch and Wade a little bit for how weird that team is. Those guys are the veterans. They've been I, in, they were in four straight finals. Well, I think it also just it, what it reflects poorly on is Dra- like it's the Dragic deal and the fact that they haven't been able to figure out a way to make a guy who's two years away from being one of the most exciting point guards in the league. And right. now he just looks like, you know. But like if Dragic was on the a slightly su- faster Jose Calderon or something, you know. They don't use him right though. Yeah. You know, like think of how the Celtics use Isaiah. They just tell him to go to the hoop. Just get to the rim. Just do your thing. Like if Dragic was on the Celtics, they'd use him the same way. He'd have eight free throws a game. And I hear that. A- and you're, the, the way your voice changed just for a second. For getting excited about yeah. Isaiah Thomas. So I don't know. But I don't, that Miami team has been so dissatisfying. They had a really easy schedule too. Their schedule's about to get tough. Yeah. I don't know what to make of the way Wade's playing because the stats are kind of there. But if you actually watch them, it's like an old guy season where he's just, there's a lot of point. Can you get him? Get help, help, help. Yeah. And you're also pointing to of, other guys. Speaking of old guy, we're starting to get our annual like Dwayne Wade needs an MRI and this. Oh yeah. Like, that's going to happen. Very soon. essential part of his body. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he got through this part of the season. Pretty, pretty favorable schedule season. I thought Winslow Winslow can't shoot yet. He'll no. be able to shoot in two years, but right now he can't. And that you know, they they're there's just something wrong with the team. You gotta point it a little bit at Spolstra too. Because his offense hasn't really like changed with the talent, it feels like. It's a banjo's offense. It's your turn, my turn, your turn, his yeah. turn, your turn. It's like they're they're not playing basketball together. And then Whiteside is just a monkey. Right? I don't know what to make of that. Dude. So did you see this? What is that guy? Did you see the uh, <laughs> put up a triple double with blocks? And he's he's very proud of that. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll talk about it for an hour. It's like um, you, you guys you are s- barely five hundred. You see what happened with Gobert and Evan Fournier last night? Yeah, that was incredible. So Gobert was tweeting about how like there's I can't remember the exact line, but he was basically like. You know, there's a lot more to this game than just putting up stats. 
and uh and fournier somebody was like you got to name names or vukovic from yeah, from the vucevic, uh, yeah. Uh, first of all i love that fournier gobert and vucevic have like this like side european twitter you know right and then uh and then Fournier said "blanc coat," which is the uh, f- like French translation would be "white side," right? <laughs> so it was just really great, as if nobody was going to figure that out. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? There's not more Twitter beefs. All these guys are on Twitter, and that you know we're writers. We we have that internal shit detector of oh, I shouldn't tweet that. Although right. that that's failed me a couple times in my life, but <laughs> at least we know where the lines are. These guys are professional athletes. Well, How maybe, do they know where the lines? Maybe are? Maybe we they should have a start more writer beefs, but only do it in French. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just Fr- French subtweeting. <laughs> I like that. Uh, all right. So I have Pau as an all-star. No question in my mind. 17 and 11. Um, 2.3 blocks, which really puts a big spotlight on how little he tried those last couple Lakers seasons when he just wasn't playing defense at all. Um, back to the history thing again, though. It's year 15 for Pau. Um, here are the guys who have put up 16 and 10 in their 15th NBA season. 1999 Charles Barkley, who's who fell apart the next year. 89 Moses, I think he was on the Atlanta at that point. That mm-hmm. was his last good year. And then Gasol. That's it. That's crazy. That's not a long list. Like this is year 15. The fact that he is a really competent big guy on a top three seed is not uh, not not normal. And it's nice because the second half. Or like the second part of uh, Gasol's career, I guess it would be the third since Memphis was the first. But this whole era has been sort of defined by the fact that he hasn't fit in in places. Anywhere, yeah. He's like, oh, we don't know where to do it. And it was like yeah. the last, like the Lakers seasons, I feel like the last few years, it was always, he was always the trade rumor. And it was like Kobe was sort of dangling him, but then would bring yeah. him back in and give him a hug. And and then ever since he got to Chicago, it's been like, how does he fit with Noah? How does he fit with Taj Gibson? Does he work well with these guys? Is he working well in the Tibbs offense or defense? And and it's, so it's nice to see him actually have a pretty decent season. I mean, this Chicago team is so weird. You just, it's like the best team that I've never felt good about at all. Yeah, and the combinations never totally work. Right. I, I always feel in my head when I'm watching them that there's a five-person combination that I'm going to love. And they never find it. And maybe it doesn't exist. There's, there's a lot of redundancy on the team. I think the Noah injury really, in a weird way, is going to help them, though. Yeah. It, it just kind of unclutters the rotation a little bit. It forces them to play some guys more minutes. I'd like to see Bobby Portis get I like Bobby Portis a lot. little bit of a run. Let's see what you yeah. have there. Guys, and those guys on the Bulls seem to think he's going to be really good. They, yeah. they talk about him a lot, unprompted. This, this draft... Basically, the uh, the number 11, number 12, number 13 guys, I think, were Miles Turner, Booker on the Suns, who's mm-hmm. really good. They Classic. The Suns are all over the map. They're either making the worst moves ever or they're drafting, they making great, great draft, picks. draft picks. They're yeah. really like the new Joe Dumars. Uh, but then Trey Lyles. Yeah. Who I was kind of hoping would fall to the Celtics just because those Kentucky guys, who the hell knows? They had like eight of them. Like, you figure you get a couple gems. So, two Kentucky guys back to back, and both of those guys are good. Then it drops off. The Celtics, of course, picking 16. And then Portis right after him. Yeah. And Portis looks like he might be good. Yeah, but it's you also have to wonder, like, what does Portis look like on the Celtics with a bunch with Olnick and oh, Sander and all these guys who were all like, I'm 6'10, but I'm not quite this. Now, the, the poor Celtics, you know, they have six big guys and can only play one of them at a time I know. in this modern NBA. It's brutal. It's like, ah, oh, David Lee, great idea. I love the David <laughs> Lee thing. It's like the guy, the guy's a cheerleader now. They can't play him. Uh, so Gasol, good season for him. I think 
To me, those 10 guys are a lock. And then you get to the last two. I guess Carmelo has to be in here. Just reputation. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel great about it. Can I it. just say that this is also, I've, I haven't enjoyed Carmelo this much yeah, I was gonna since say, Denver, I don't think. You haven't enjoyed him this much since Denver. Yeah, like this is my favorite Carmelo Knicks really? year. I just also, it's been fun to watch the Knicks on a pretty yeah. regular basis. And he seems to be enjoying himself. And it's fun to watch him out there with like the, this weird young kid. It's like, it's just been a great story. And it's been it's been cool to watch him. I think he's like a, just a much better all-around player than he ever really gets credit for. But it's just kind of like what he's been asked to do and what he what, what he was had available but yeah i liked you know like that jr jason kidd team was like fun i guess in, in its own way but uh i this is the most i've had fun watching carmelo since since denver i i do think he's at a different point in his career yeah to some degree i i would even say he's past his prime which is a phrase that has negative connotations but like his prime 13 and 14 combined he's putting up almost 29 a game yeah um 45, 39, 84 splits, 24.6 PR. Like every night he was 28 a game. And now that's dropped to, he's 21 and a half a game. The PR is down to 20.7. Not getting in the line quite as much. It's about 90% as much. Uh, field goal percentage down a little bit. It just feels, you know, he's at a different point. Mm-hmm. With that said, I still think he could be the best guy on a title team. Yeah. I think you could, like he could be the 2011 Mavs Dirk on the right team. Um, but this isn't the right team. And I don't I have no idea why they won't trade him. Well, I mean, I don't think he wants to be traded because that's the other thing is that he's really, really come into his own as own as a Nick is. I, I think that he, it feels very much like he is a, a Knicks legend now. I mean, is he, is he, Oh God, I, but I'm serious. Like he seems like a kind of guy who doesn't shirk away from being in New York. Seems to really That's love true. being he likes in New York. York. Doesn't mind the media attention. His wife obviously loves being in New York. Like they feel like a New York kind of like part of the like social life out there. And then it's also like, would was it is it that much better to like gamble and go play? I guess you could say Bulls or you could say like whatever trade you'd make to put San Carmelo somewhere. He doesn't he have all sorts of things in his contract about no trade clauses. He must right. Yeah, I don't know. It's he's in year thirteen now, and it's like so he's just never going to be in the finals. Yeah, he's going to come and go. Yeah, it's going to be like George Gervin. Yeah, but he's. I mean, I think I think for him, probably that's why those Olympics like he plays out of his mind in the Olympics. He's like, yeah, I was never in the finals, but did you see the two (laughs) thousand twelve Olympics? Did you see me against Portugal in round two? They should trade him. I think the Knicks fans would trade him. I think they understand the Porzingis is the future of the team. But you could also make a case, you know, next year. Could you find one more piece? Is there some sort of move to make? You know when it's tough to make trades? When you don't have any first-round picks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto gets their pick this year. Toronto does. Yeah. Toronto is the most fascinating trade team. Because, because the Rosen's an expiring. Yeah. Could argue he has a lot of value. They have that that Knicks first round pick to play with. This is also probably one of the last years you can you can sell high on Valanciunas and you can convince somebody that he still has value. Yeah. Why do I? I like him though. I don't. I mean, he's, he's like, young. He's like twenty two. I know he is, but like, don't you think that this is what he's going to be? I don't know. I trade for him. Is he available? <laughs> what do they want for him? Uh, and then the last spot is just stupid. I mean, you could put Isaiah Thomas here. You could put uh, Reggie Jackson, Kemba Walker. Isaiah Thomas's stats, 
are basically exactly what uh, is actually a little bit better from a scoring standpoint than Carmelo, which surprised me. His points are a tiny bit higher, field goal percentage a tiny bit higher. Does it matter that he's like an t- absolute turnstile on defense? I think it does. That's <laughs> yeah. why I, that's why I have trouble putting him in the 12th spot. So I'm going to leave this decision up to you. Who who would you I'm put in that 12th spot? I'm going to go surely like surely on 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 a guy I enjoy watching and a guy who I'd love to see on a big stage like this and see like in a in a game like this is Kemba. I've had so much fun watching Kemba over the last couple of weeks. He just scored, what did he score, 52 the other night? Yeah, he did. And he's also just still incredibly, like, it's so weird that this happens with some guys who are just, like, fourth quarter killers. Yeah. He's just so clutch. Right. And so I would just love to see him get a chance to be on a stage like this. I can't, in good conscience, put love in there. Horford's great. I'm not even thinking about Crowder. Dratoum's probably the best player on that team. Yeah. Um, But I would put Kemba in. I would not put Kemba in. Okay. I, I just think Isaiah is a little better offensively. And I think Kemba's probably slightly better defensively, but anybody decent is scoring on yeah. either of them. Uh I was looking at Dish Smith. Ooh. <laughs> Only twelve Sixer games. Putting up a seventeen eight. He saved the Sixers. He did save the Sixers. Yeah. Coach's pick? Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. I don't know. The bottom line is that's Kyrie's spot. My problem with Isaiah is as the Celtics all star pick is that I think Crowder is the best player in the team if you're just if you just told me like you're going to be missing one of you know somebody on the Celtics is going to get hurt for the next 20 games who's your worst case scenario for that it person Crowder. Crowder in a heartbeat yeah that guy that he's the only real two-way guy that they have other than Bradley I would probably say if there's anybody I want to get hurt for 20 games it would be Evan Turner because then maybe he could dedicate more of his resources towards his snapchat yeah, all he's social like, media. Excellent. Yeah, he's like the social media czar. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, could Horford be in there just to just on a I'm legacy okay with, pick? We did we did the Hawks thing last year. Yeah, we took a year off the Hawks thing. Well, and everybody emulated it. Yeah, and that's a that's a problem. That's another that's a problem the Celtics had too, where these teams that with these new wave lineups and small ball and a lot of ball movement. Now everybody plays that way and you're not taking anyone by surprise. Last year you, you're playing the Pacers and Weston Hibbert are out there and you're throwing these weird lineups right. at them. They don't know what to do. And now everyone has an answer. And uh, like Atlanta, they lose Carroll, but Bazemore has been pretty good. I, yeah. Like shocking considering he was like a towel waver on the Warriors. And now has turned into a really solid swing guy, and is probably going to get overpaid. Corver is the one that fell off for them, though. Yeah, I also is that just people figured out the combination lock on him, and are just like, okay, he's, he's kind of quietly in his mid thirties now. Oh yeah, true. I mean, I think everybody that that goes that's a different category because he does that whole like racing the bottom of the ocean with turtles workout routine, right? Yeah, or whatever, whatever his like bizarre offseason. What are you insinuating about <laughs> no, Kyle Corver? <laughs> Who never. <laughs> what is this Al Jazeera <laughs> no I agree I mean it's just shooters mid 30s it's gonna flip a little you're not gonna have your legs every night you get a little little nagging injury for three weeks and all of a sudden your stats go down so let me ask you this is it as yeah let's talk let's talk cash um I want to talk- hold on a little sabbatical yeah. before we get to the west okay um, yeah, Cavs. Because go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say they're in. A, they're, we were talking about this yesterday, and that they are a team that looks pretty great for ninety five percent of their season. But when they play the two best teams in the league, they look like a team from the nineteen from nineteen eighty four. Yeah, playing against playing as a team today, 
and I don't really know what they do here. I was watching. So this they make mor- trades. That's what they do. I know here. they do. But this morning I was like watching um, a re- highlights from a Clippers Timberwolves game from December of 2013 that we actually all went to at Grantland. Um, oh yeah, this and it was a huge. Uh, it was like Love had like 40. He put 45, 19, and six. It was the first time somebody had had that line since Olajuwon. And Love just seemed like a completely different human being. Right. Like, not even, I, you know, and this is the thing, is that they also lost that game to the Clippers. And, you know, he was easily, every time down the court, he was the focal point. But there was some, to see him not look so lost, and I just think that there's something about how he's being used. You know, he's, uh, this is all stuff from Jason Lloyd's Akron Beacon Journal, the numbers I got here. But, you know, he's 6 of 21 and 1, for eight, one of 8 on threes and 13 points in two games against the Warriors I mean that's just he's gonna be he's gonna be a liability in the finals like are we gonna get to a finals and see Kevin Love not playing fourth quarters against the Warriors so they have the same problem that the Celtics have where they have too many big guys Except and nobody thinks teams, the Celtics should win the title no no but I'm saying like because I watch this with the Celtics every night and right. I constantly think about it they have this team that was built for three years ago and the crunch time for the Celtics is the three guards Jay Crowder and one big guy well they're paying six big guys. Yeah. And they have David Lee and Zeller and Sollinger and, um, I mean, Amir Johnson. It just goes on and on. Only one of them can play. You look at the Cavs. They have Kevin Love. First year of a five-year deal, he's making like $20 million. Tristan Thompson, who they just completely overpaid. They got one last year of Mozgov. And then Varejao for $10 million a year. And they can't play two of those guys at the same right. time against any team that goes small. They might not even them. be able to play one of those guys in the finals. Right. <laughs> so I don't know what the answer is other than that they'd be a little better off with Andrew Wiggins. Yes. I mean, we knew at the time, and we did a whole thing on Grantland about this, but I would have waited. But I think the love thing was part of the I'll come to Cleveland if we make this Kevin Love trade, which is why Wiggins wasn't in right. SI, I always believe that. But in retrospect, the way the league has gone and how hard it is to find swing guys um, who are the biggest commodity now, and you can find a big guy anywhere. Hey, I'll get a big guy from 12 teams. I'm not getting Andrew Wiggins. I'm not right. getting any, I'm not getting Jay Crowder. Those guys aren't available. So you have Love here, and it's like, what do you do? So that that's one part. It's just a basketball framework part. Then the other part is, he's somebody that needs the ball. He needs to be at the top of the key. That's what I was watching. He's like, half yeah. of his points are coming off of late arriving top of the key three pointers that he's coming where he'll get a rebound on the defensive end, get yeah. an outlet out. Team gets down the court. He arrives late and then smokes a, a top of the key three pointer. He's also doing a lot of like getting in the post and guys just standing around waiting for him to do something. Like he was just absolutely the fulcrum of that offense in Minnesota. Just watch him kind of linger out in the corner. Nobody really looks at him for a while, and then he gets like a last second in the end of a shot clock three pointer. You're just kind of like, I mean, is it is he that much of an upgrade over? I mean, he was playing pretty well without Kyrie, which leads me to my other point, which is that maybe we're looking in the wrong direction when it comes to how to fix the Cavs. Well, but you know, you can only have a couple guys at the top. That's part of it, right? Yeah. This isn't like a movie where the more actors, the merrier. You you can only have a couple guys who can have the ball. Dragic is in the same situation in Miami. That guy needs the ball at the top of the key yeah. with people setting him picks so he can go to the basket. He's dumping the ball to Wade and running off to the side with a little like Kevin Love. Um, but I, you know, this is something I think, I think Goldsberry did something for us on Grantland when the Love trade happened, pointing out that Kevin Love's shot chart 
was the specific spot of the court that was also the exact same spot LeBron loved. Yeah. Remember that? It was like the left side left of the top block. of the key. Yeah. And he was like, unless they figure out how to do a high screen with these two guys, one of them is screwed and it's not going to be LeBron. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So they basically took away the thing love is the best at, which is to play on the top left key, to have somebody come out, to decide what to do, using his passing. I mean, look at these numbers. 2014. 26 a game, um, 46% shooting, 26.9 PR. And here's the big one. This is the one that is super important. 8.1 free throw attempts. Now, two years later, 3.7 free throw attempts. He's getting on the line 40% as much as he did. He's shooting. He's scoring 10 points less. This is These are per 36 minutes, by the way. He's shooting 10 points less or scoring 10 points less per 36 minutes. His field goal percentage is down from 46% to 41%. And he's not even shooting threes as well. No, he's not. That's a huge thing. And Every part of his game is atrophied. Threes. Yeah. yeah, and it's also from a confidence standpoint, he's shot. But just to go back to what I was saying about Irving, like here's just another thing from that Jason Lloyd piece, which is that Love's averaging 12 points, 12.4 and shooting 37% since Irving returned to the lineup. Before that, he was 17.6 at 43%. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that you're not really going to be able to do anything. I mean, I know that you, you we've thrown love around in trades. Like, we've talked about, like, I think we was, I was joking around about, like, love to Phoenix with something as a, a make weight and get Tyson Chandler and Bledsoe back. And you basically just are playing for next year because you don't think you're going to win the title this year. Well, Tyson Chandler, you'd be playing for 2011. I know. And I don't really know what ty- having Tyson Chandler does. I really came help. up with a trade for you. Oh, hit me. Kevin Love for, uh, for CJ McCollum. Straight up. <laughs> I can't get over No, this. you laugh and it's a great trade. The Cavs <laughs> would save like $18 million and what, $50 million on the luxury tax. Yeah. The Portland has twenty million in cap space. That's where he's from, right? McCollum and Damian Lillard. Where am I going with that? I don't Two know, undersized shooter. It's, it's fun, fun. <laughs> but if, and what a congratulations! I'm the eight seed for the next ten years. Whereas, like you put McCollum on Cleveland, he's now playing over J.R. Smith, shooting forty percent from three. I have another shooter. I get J.R. Smith off the court because that dude cannot be on a championship team. And I'm I'm probably better, even though it's a trade that makes no sense. And Kevin Love's better than McCollum. And if you're Portland, you have to think about it. Of course um, you have to think about it. But if you get or Lillard like, in love together, that's like your team for the next 10 years. Right. If you're the Celtics, would you would you trade Avery Bradley and not one of the Brooklyn picks, but just your own pick and the Memphis pick you have a couple of years? Would you even trade that for Kevin Love? Well, I just don't. But if for you're where Cleveland, the why do you need going? Avery Bradley if you have Amon Shumpert? What isn't, do you mean? Isn't it, aren't Avery Bradley and Amon Shumpert, like I was talking about this last night with Fantasy, isn't that like the same guy? Well, I think it, the way the league has gone, they need more perimeter guys and less big dudes. Yes. Because the current roster construction is just fatally flawed. doesn't matter who they play out of the West. Any of those three teams is going to throw a lineup at them that they're not going to have an answer for unless it's Della Dova, Della Vidova <laughs> and Shumpert and J.R. Smith all playing at the same time. You're going to lose. So you can't win with that. After the, the Warriors game, here's the other thing, aside from just the, the tactical parts, is that after the Warriors game, LeBron said, we've got some inexperienced guys that haven't played enough meaningful basketball games where they could fall back on. When it gets a little tough, sometimes it's like it's not like they can kind of fall back on previous experiences to try and help them get through it. We're going to have to go through a lot of bumps, and that's okay. We'll learn from it and get better, yada, yada. But the, teach, the best teacher in life is experience. Thank you, Tao of LeBron. 
Take over love. See what love's got to say. We got beat up on our home floor. I think a lot of things went wrong. A lot of things we can clean up in our preparation, etc. That's going to take a lot of guys looking at themselves in the mirror. And it all starts with our leader over there and dwindles on down. And he had sort of gestured to, to LeBron. So it's just not that's not it's not happening. Like those two guys have not locked in as like teammates. Yet. Yeah. If you said that about me with all this stuff we're planning, I'd take that personally. Yeah, I think so. We'd probably get in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it all starts the, with our leader over there. Yeah, right. And it just dwindles on down. Now to say nothing of the fact that like JR was allegedly late for shoot around for this game, that, you know, I look, I, I kind of like the idea that you basically if you did something like Kyrie and Varajal for Chris Paul and you or t- Kyrie and Mozgov for Chris Paul and you brought Paul in, that's like generationally, I feel like that's like we have a two year window to win. That's another guy who's just at the top of the key, though. Yeah, they need to. But you flip. don't think that he he couldn't like orchestrate an offense a little bit better than Kyrie? No, they they need to flip Love into a perimeter guy if they want to win this year. I don't think they can win with the team they have. I just don't see it. They have, you know, I went to a Celtic game. When was it? It was Game Three of Round One. This is before Love got hurt. Yeah. And it felt like they had kind of figured out that offense a little bit. With I thought Love they looked the good corner. at the beginning part of the season without Kyrie. I, 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 if they played the Warriors 20 times, how many times did they win? Actually, Two? I don't know. Four. I guess the X factor, and, and this is why this is the big caveat, is we've seen LeBron do this before where he goes to another level at some point. That people make him mad. They make him mad. Maybe he takes two weeks off and goes to Miami, whatever he has to do. <laughs> And he goes comes back. With turtles. <laughs> yeah. Goes swimming with turtles. And he comes back and he's like LeBron again. Yeah. At some point in his career, that's not going to happen. He's not going to come out of the phone booth. Um, it's going to have to happen soon with this team, though, because it just seems to me like the divide between the top three West teams and everyone I'm watching in the East, it's no contest. The third best team in the West throws out Westbrook and Durant every yeah. night. These guys are both first-team All-NBA guys. Like, that doesn't happen. I know. It's, and they're in their primes. <laughs> and they have waiters. <laughs> waiters have it. Uh, hold on. Got to mention uh, our friends at Simply Safe. Oh, please. Because we're talking about how the Cavs don't have a lot of security right now. Maybe well, they should get Simply Safe. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about security. Uh, are you ever more angry, more annoyed, more infuriated than the moment when you've been lied to? No. Yeah. Well, I see all these ads from home security companies. The one that they keep saying free, quotes and free, 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 free system, million dollar value, free everything. Here's a little tip that'll save you a huge headache later. Any home security that says free, probably a huge contract attached. Uh, three years, thousand dollars. Who the heck knows? You're locked in. It's like the Ennis Cantor of security contracts. Totally. There's and and and. Th- the funny thing is there's a better way to protect your home. It's called Simply Safe. It's the home security I trust. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees, none of the bad stuff. 24-7 professional monitoring. Someone's always there to call the police. Lightning fast, absurdly easy to use. And the best part, if you want monitoring, it's just $15 a month. Some of these companies are charging three times that. Uh, go to simplysafebill.com to get my exclusive 10% discount. Simply Safe. Bill.com. Uh, also being discounted right now, Kevin Love, because I think you can get him for maybe 75% of the available talent. All right. Um, let's go to the West. Let's. This is the West is the starting five for the West is almost easy this year. 
Yeah, it's Steph, it's Russ, it's Durant, it's Kawhi, and it's Draymond. And anyone who has any different player out of those five is crazy. What I was thinking is that could be like the best all-star lineup just for how the pieces fit with each other. Ever. That should just be the Olympic team. I, I just was just going to say five guys yeah. out. Send these guys to Rio. Everybody else chill out. Steph, Russ, Durant, Kawhi, and Draymond. Wait, let Carmelo go because he loves the Olympics. Yeah, Carmelo <laughs> can sit in the bench and cheer them. So uh, Steph is still at 30 a game. He's almost averaging 11 threes a game. Uh, he's 51, 45, 90 splits. 32.3 PER. Not, not as... Uh, awe-inspiring as it was uh, the first 20 games of the year, but still really awe-inspiring. Yeah. And uh, the thing that's fascinating to me, so he's playing, he's averaging 30 a game, but he's only playing 33.9 minutes a game. So I looked it up. Um, who's come the closest in minutes who's also scored 30? Gervin, 1982, 32.3 points a game, 35.7 minutes a game. <laughs> So almost dead even, and then uh, if MJ, you uh, if you project it out, don't, couldn't we also say the same thing about Ennis Cantor at twenty points? Totally, <laughs> he'd foul out seven times. But and then uh, ninety one Jordan was thirty one point five points in thirty seven minutes a game, and we talked about Steph on the BS report a million times. Like he's, you know, he's modern day Maravich. He's the best shooter of all time. He's um, most popular guy in the league, I think, in the last 30 years since early Jordan. And uh, and I was a little worried he was losing his mojo a tiny bit, that the streak wore them down. He was a little banged Shit up. Shit injury, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, what a run. I hope we don't look fondly back at those first 25 games. And then Steph broke down a little, and now he's going to hurt his ankle. No, they destroyed the Cavs. <laughs> And I thought I felt like they needed to. They destroyed I, the Cavs with like swagger all over it too. Total swagger, and even was, a little bit of chirping from Steph. It was, yeah, tastes like champagne. Couple, yeah, a couple shoulder things that he does. And what I liked about that was the Spurs were creeping, and I think all the all the smart basketball people were kind of watching that and going, "Yeah, the Warriors have a better record, but I think I might take the Spurs in a series." And all those guys are online; they see all that stuff. They, they all, all NBA players read everything now. I think that's especially part of what Draymond. goes on. Yeah, yeah, especially Draymond said they're all looking. For I think Draymond to get starts mad. every Warriors practice with a digest of all social yeah. social media slander. Hey guys, I saw this thing on SB Nation. I just want to read it to you. <laughs> uh, so they, I expected them to go out in that game with a certain level of intensity. And it went way beyond that. And it was a total ass smack. And it was a, we somehow the Spurs and Warriors have not played yet. And it's halfway through the season, but that's going to be, they play next month, right? They play, I think three times, three or four times. That's crazy. Yeah. My thing is, does Popovich just rope it up with them every time? And just throw, or, or does no he? No Aldridge. Oh, yeah. Kawhi's sitting tonight. Yeah. Kawhi's got No a... Tony Parker tonight, guys. You'll never know what our real team is until you see us. Like, he might actually do that. Westbrook, uh, not chumps change, putting up the 24, 10, and 7 every night. Somehow his PER is 29.3, even though it seems like he commits 40 turnovers a game. Do you think that when, like, does, does it just have... Like a like, does Hollinger's computer just start speaking with like the in the war games? I think Westbrook voice? broke it. Yeah. yeah, like, do you want to play thermonuclear war every time you look up Westbrook on that computer? A hundred percent. It's like, do you want to reward bad threes and a couple turnovers? <laughs> I don't care. I like Russell Westbrook. Uh, also, I would say has the championship belt of uh, the guy who plays the hardest every night. Yes, he just cares the most. 
Loving this Thunder team this year. So much fun. Love kid campaign. Donovan might we might be okay. Or Scott Brooks was just so bad, like you could have taken over and it would have been better. I can't decide. Yeah, I mean, I just think that this year it's it, if this is the last year of these guys together, it'll be a great send off. There's entirely possible they could lose in the second round of the playoffs, and they'll be one of the great what ifs in NBA history of this whole this whole window. Yeah, this yeah, whole window will just in be like, how does this playoffs. team not a three time title winning team? Yeah. Um, but but that, right by now, the way, that happens every decade. There's yeah. a team like that. And so it's just really it's but it, if this is the last time we get to see Durant Westbrook on the floor together in this in this situation, I love this team. I my guess would be Durant signs for one more year to time it with Westbrook and to time it with the 2017 windfall. And they they run it back. Now, if they got upset in round one or round two, who knows? All bets are off. But I find it hard to believe these guys would split up and. They've really found a nice balance of, you know, who Russ, you're a little bit more of the alpha dog and I'll let you do your stuff, but I'm always here and hold on. I got to miss. I'm going to take over now. I just they've they've really figured out how to play with each other. It feels like. What do you think of the 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 rumors from the far off reaches of space that one of the contenders for Durant free agency would be Golden State? I don't know if it works for the cap. They, I, they I did heard something. Where it was like, oh, you heard the Celtics? Well, I heard it in my bathroom <laughs> and I muttered it to myself. There was something where it was just like how Golden State could be if they did some creative accounting. They they could be in the mix for him. If he leaves OKC, I think he goes to Miami. Wow, you're yeah. really convinced about this? I'm not convinced. It's just I I just think Riley has been he just pulls it off over and over again. He sold his Miami place that he had. He had a place, you know, on the beach, and he took he got rid of it. Maybe he's looking for a bigger place. Mm. I think he's a guy that is ready to get out of a small town, but also feels super loyal to that small town. Yeah, and it, and he probably my guess. I don't want to make him mad because he gets mad at everybody. My guess is that he probably vacillates a whole bunch of different ways. But there's no chance the that he goes to the Lakers or something like that. God, I hope not. That would be a bad move. Although. You know, the Lakers are more appealing than they were uh, like a year ago. I just think that resets his championship clock three years. Like totally. He'd, he'd have to, like, they'd have to play, like, work for three years to get that. And then it got to, to say nothing of the fact that he'd be playing for Byron Scott. But, you know. What if he was playing with Al Horford with the Celtics? <laughs> got three Brooklyn picks coming. Um, Durant putting up the 27 8 and 4. 51 40 90 splits. Just gets there every year. That's It's so. It, to, to be a 50-40-90 guy when you're actually shooting threes is amazing. Like It's one thing when it's Steve Kerr and you're just shooting eight <laughs> times a game yeah. or whatever, but these guys are shooting 17 to 20 times a game, getting to the line eight, nine times and taking a pounding. and um, I don't know. He's, he's also uh, he's playing 35.6 minutes a game. Which seems a little bit high. A little high. Do you think maybe, they may scale that back a like, tiny bit? Yeah, it's there. I think they're a little high off of getting him back and having everything clicking for once because it's yeah. been such a grind for the last like calendar year. And we all wanted to see him play two months, and he did it. And they started out seven and six, and now they're thirty-one and twelve. I think Kawhi. I would have Kawhi uh, a, a, just a slight sliver over him this season. Yeah. Um, Super efficient, best defensive player in the league. LeBron actually looked afraid of him, which I can't really remember seeing since the 2011 finals when LeBron was afraid of J.J. Barea. The reason I like watching Kawhi so much is when you watch him, you're just like, I don't know where this guy's ceiling is. 
Yeah, if you he, told me he was running point guard for the Spurs in two years, I don't know necessarily. I wouldn't laugh at it. You yeah. know, I, I have no idea he, he, what what he isn't capable of. Doing. What about him in Fast Furious Ten? <laughs> it would have to be a silent film, but that would. Well, be, you said he didn't know where a ceiling was. Yeah, that's I don't true. Know. Maybe he becomes like the master of Aaron Sorkin He's dialogue. One quote. <laughs> yeah. No, he's just driving cars and looking mean, <laughs> shutting down Vin Diesel. Uh, he's shooting forty eight percent from three. That's insane. Making two a game, which is just nuts because he came in the league and couldn't shoot. That's why Justice Winslow, basically the same thing, right? The the great athletes who are super competitive are just going to lock themselves into a gym until they figure it out. I think somebody like Kid Gocrest will never be able to shoot a three just because his motion's broken. Right. But if you're, that's why with Ben Simmons, they're like, oh, he can't shoot from the outside. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure when he's like 25, that dude will be making 20 footers. You hear, the guys talk about this a lot more, but I, I don't know whether this is an impact of like the AAU college system that provides the talent. But in the 80s, did they talk about like, well, we just got to fix his shot and then he'll be great? Was that ever something that people talked about in the 80s or was it oh, just yeah. like, oh, no, that he can just shoot? 100%. Oh, it was. Dennis Johnson was a good example of somebody who never really had an outside shot. And then eventually became semi-reliable, seventeen-footer. Yeah. But they always left him open. He couldn't shoot threes. Yeah, there were always guys. There were guys like, uh, you know, Quinn Buckner. People like who just were just bricklayers. Right. And I think that the the coaching and the science and whatever they do now is just better. You rare you rarely see people who are just abominable shooting. What's weird is the free throw shooting. The fact that we have this cluster now of horrendous free throw shooters. Right. We have multiple guys under 40%. Meanwhile, there's only been like 12 guys in the history of the league that have been under 40%, like playing big minutes, you know? The DeAndre I don't understand Drummond that guy. Yeah, right. It's more than DeAndre Drummond, right? Tate, isn't there more guys than that? What? Like under 50%? Yeah, DeAndre? Yeah, Verge out. Well, he doesn't shoot free throws anymore, but anyway. Uh, and then Draymond. No-brainer, fifth guy. Almost edging close to 10 rebounds a game, but also over seven assists a game um, and over 15 and points. And is running like that read option from the top of the key once they do, once people try to trap out Steph up at, like, you know, at midcourt, then Draymond is basically playing bootleg offense, right? Like up at the top. Of the right. Key. And it's like, that's awesome. Like watching him throw lobs or, or hit corner passes or, or do floaters is great. It's, a, it's it's like a new player. It's, it's a like a second new rounder. NBA player. Yeah, he's a second round. During an era where people were like, "Oh, you can find some gems in the second round." This isn't like 1982 where you just stumble into this guy. Like they all looked at him. He was in the he was in March Madness. He made like the Final Four. So let me ask you this: as a Sixers fan watching the team repeatedly try to get something going with one of the top three picks, yeah, and turn it flip it into anything, do you think that part of the lesson that we should take from the Warriors, aside from aside from the the small ball and all the positionless offense and like switching on defense that they do is the fact that they're doing it with uh, two seventh picks, an 11th and a 35th Something pick. to prove, guys. Yeah, but just also that you don't necessarily need to be in the top three to put together a core. Steph's kind of like a miracle, I guess. Yeah, it, it really was stupid when Minnesota passed them twice, though. Like, it was legitimately ridiculous when it happened. Um but yeah, the something to prove thing. I think the one thing that people forget when they draft guys is the competitiveness part. Mm -hmm. And Draymond was a guy that the rap on him was he was overweight, which is real. Like that's something you might struggle with your whole career. Might be undersized for. And he position. was like a like an inch small. Yeah. And I we were talking about this yesterday with Gary Harris. Yeah. Gary Harris fell to twenty, and it was like he's an inch too small to be a two guard. 
if that's your only reason somebody's going to drop 10 spots, that's a bad reason. Because we've seen too many of these guys. Oh, it's like Sollinger's another one. Sollinger fell to like 21 in that draft. It's like he's too short. His back hurts. It's like that guy's going to put up stats if he plays. Yeah. It's a 10th man at least. Well, Gary Harris is also another thing where it, you know, I, people were pronouncing that guy's career over and he just one turned, bad rookie just season. turned 21. You know, yeah, it, with no point guards. Yeah, I guess I said the same thing about uh, Valanciunas earlier, but like you forget. I don't even know how... You know, I, I haven't seen James Young much this year, but it, that's another guy where everybody was just like, James Young, he's going to be playing for Maine for the rest of his life. And it's like, maybe he'll be good. He's getting yeah. pretty young. No, he's, he's young. He's, well, I don't know. He's not 21 yet. Yeah, I hate crazy. giving up anyone who's not 21. Yeah. I The way the NBA does it, I think the Spurs are the only team that have figured out how to use the schedule to also develop young players, where they're just like, hey, tonight these three guys are off. And yeah. Jonathan Simmons, you're going to play 20 minutes tonight. Jonathan Simmons was bagging I wish the groceries, Celtics though, wasn't that. he? Like, huh? uh, wasn't Jonathan Simmons like bagging groceries like a year yeah. ago? Yeah, but like the Stevens, who I've been kind of up and down with this year, I don't, I don't really. Love the way he's Honeymoon's the over. That's. Nah, I don't think you can play twelve guys a game. I think you <laughs> got to go in and be like, we're playing these ten, and you three are sitting, and you'll play. I, I just don't think you can juggle that many guys. But I, w- I wish he approached the season like the Spurs do. Uh, for the bench. Here's my first sub on the bench. This is like my first bench guy okay. that has to be on. Clay Thompson. Yeah. Like it starts for me. I, he has to be on my all-star team. Um, him and Steph combined are eight for 18 from three every night. And that's got to matter. And that's the most relevant team. And they should have three all-stars. And it would be ridiculous not to. I also love that he's only he's playing less than 33 minutes a game, putting up over 20 a game. And he's a great defensive player for yeah. that position. Yeah, I would say he's in the top three or four, um, and and allows them to do a lot of different things. I, I thought when Barnes was out, he was able to. He can always guard the toughest guy. Um, he can guard Chris Paul, from and then time has to time. in his locker like the crazy thirty six point night. Yeah, you know, once a month he'll have the the ten three pointers yeah. or whatever he does. He's also a guy that I do think. If he had ended up on a different team, his career might have been a little bit different. You oh know? yeah, he's, he's, he's on, a good victim of. If, if he's on the Bucks, who knows? Like, for, right? Yeah, I was there when he when the day after they traded Monte, they played the Celtics, and I went to the game, and uh, and had good seats. I was sitting courtside, and Clay was the first time they kind of unleashed him. You could tell right away. I was like, this guy's great. Yeah. This is this is guy's a gem. Who is this guy? He was one of those. He was he was just good. And he I know. I mean, like, was the defense there then? He just seemed athletic and yeah. tall and could shoot and had a right stroke and was competitive. Um, I don't know why he went eleventh. That's weird. Other than the fact that we have a lot of bad GMs. Uh, I have Lamarcus Aldridge. Also, I need two Spurs. They're thirty six and six. You can't tell me there's only one spur in the All-Star No, team. So I, I, I would prefer having Boban on there, but... <laughs> yeah, or po- Boban, whatever spur you want. I, I picked him. He's putting up 16 and 9. He's fine. Uh, I have two clips. I have Chris Paul and I have Blake Griffin. Chris Paul, typical Chris Paul season. He's in his post-prime. How are you He's feeling about... saltier and angrier and, and more unlikable in person than ever. How are you feeling about our annual, man, they look good without Blake Griffin? It's weird. <laughs> It's just weird. Way better this year than last year, too. It's just strange. Yeah. It's, you know, if if you're watching a TV show, if you're watching Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and Dinklage is just out for eight episodes and the show's better. <laughs> that would be weird. It'd be weird. Yeah. The show needs Dinklage. The clips have always, if, if Chris Paul's out or Blake's out, the team plays better. And I don't know if it's because 
they're trying to prove a point or that every it's all all hands on deck without whatever isn't or, it sort of also that when it's it's also when chris blake and deandre play together that blake is always just on the elbow or even farther out yeah. and i know he can play really well from out there but the irony of this whole thing is that within the draymond warriors copycat everybody's got it like the the clips have the guy. It's Blake. Yeah, just play him at center and play a small ball lineup around Blake and th- throw DeAndre the hell out of there. DeAndre is having a decent DeAndre season, double double every night. Um, I don't think you can win a title if you play him and Blake together, especially with the way the NBA is going. No way. Uh, so I don't know what they do. They just double down on DeAndre, give him all this money. Blake's missed eleven games at the time of this taping. Mm-hmm. That's not enough for me for him not to be in the All Star. He's twenty three nine and five. So you're okay with that, right? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, what about Nowitzki? I'm having a little bit of a hard time understanding. Is this sentimental? I saw this is on Zach's ballot too. I mean, I think Dirk's fine, but you really have Dirk in. Well, I want to let you finish your team, but well, I, I have him. He's eighteen and seven, forty-five, forty, ninety splits. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, making almost two threes a game. He's only playing thirty-one minutes a game. He's playing with the Walking Dead cast. His team is like you watch them and you don't understand how they win. He makes big shots for them over and over again. He's still reliable. They throw him the ball top of the key. Any close game, like the Celtics lost to them in overtime the other night. And it's like they just figured out all these different ways to get Isaiah Thomas to guard Dirk and it kept working. (laughs) And it's just Dirk shooting over Isaiah Thomas. I'm like, I'm in hell. I'm just in hell. Just shoot me. Um, The guy's still an alpha dog crunch time guy. Yeah. And and he's a hundred years old. Like he's in year eighteen. Only ten guys ever average more than ten points a game in year eighteen. Only four guys average fifteen or more in year eighteen. Uh, Two thousand three mailman, nineteen eighty seven Kareem who was an alien, ninety two Moses who I don't even it was some crap. And Dirk, this is not common. I'm rewarding him because of all the people we're about to mention. What do you think of Tommy Hutchins? A comparison of Olenek to, to to Dirk that that's his ceiling. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Olenek's had some moments. <laughs> he does throw the Dirk thing around a lot. Yeah, probably not great for Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's good. Like Kelly will have a moment on a playoff team at some point in his life, though. Sure. Like he's a guy I could see the Spurs getting, and him just hitting big threes for them in 2024. I mean, he's probably as a crew cut at that point. I just, I think that, that that's one of my favorite Tommy comparisons in a really long time. It's, who was the guy he compared to Bill Russell? <laughs> that was the worst one. Cause he played with Bill Russell. Like he should have been protective of Bill Russell. It was, it was some guy, like some 14th man. I'm really excited about your 11, 12 debate here though. Well, I I put Davis in. I don't feel good about it. Cause that team's 14 and 27. Has this but- been one of the, the toughest guy playing up to maybe unreasonable expectation seasons in a really long time. Yeah. Cause he's putting up 23 and 10. He's PR, people PR were just 24. Like, this is it. Point now eight. the league belongs to Davis. That yeah, was before the season. Right. But I think you can't then have a backlash where he's not on the Austin. That's team. what I'm saying. Is that right. like, it was weird. Cause he's almost fall completely out of discussion. It used to be that new Orleans was like must see TV. People were watching. I know that they're just absolute trash. Horribly coached. Tyreek is just might it might be I don't know what's going on. With what him. happened with the Gentry thing? Gentry might be the worst coach in the league. Really? You think that? He might be. They're, they're just from performance for this season. It's him or Hornacek. You think he's got the pieces Hornacek to get a good team out of that? Hornacek might be trying to get fired though. Yeah, Hornacek must be. Those guys I, also aren't playing for him at all. He had Ish Smith. So did the Sixers. I can't believe we traded for Ish Smith. 
But that team should be going up and down with you, you could have had like Ish Smith just going balls to the wall with Davis running the floor and Ryan Anderson in the corner. And mm-hmm. like there's piece there's ways that could have worked. Uh Ashik, that contract was the worst contract. That's the another two thousand and twelve guy. Like another that's a guy who's just guy. out of the league. You know, it's like what do you do with Ashik? Nothing. And he's very available for anyone who wants to trade I'm him. Sure. Uh, and then Gordon, the, one of the, you know, he's hurt now again. Yeah, he'll no be, surprise. And I noticed it was like very, not convenient, but like he'll be getting ready. He'll be back right before the trade deadline, right? Probably. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to totally blame him. I will say though, watching him, um, he signed a huge deal. It doesn't seem like he's playing with the kind of, you know, n- nobody's Westbrook, but I don't feel like it's been life or death in him in some of these games I watch. Just seems very resigned to I his fate, which the, is a bad sign. Those first ten games, and when you lose, if when you're almost out of it in the first two weeks of the season, like that, first three weeks of the season, like what that does to your season psychologically. Because I remember when the um, the 2001 Sixers team that went to the finals and they started off that season winning ten. That was, that team had no business being that good. But there's something about that early season momentum that happens, or the reverse of that, where if you lose a bunch in the beginning of the season like that. It's really hard to get out of that. Yeah, especially when you've just been handed $120 million or right. whatever he got. Right. They have an interesting thing with him, though, where the, the All-NBA or whatever, he, he could trigger an extra $20 million or something for his contract if he makes, makes All-NBA all first team. I forget what it was, but um, I don't think he's going to make the All-NBA the way the season's coming. They're, they've come on a little bit. All right, well, this is the most fun part of the whole podcast, and then we're going to go. The 12th man... We're good with Davis, right? Yeah. So you you don't think Dirk's going to make it? No. I think Boogie. All right. Well, so we'll say there's two spots open here because Davis will make it. Yeah. I have Dirk in one of these spots, but then we have all these guys for this other spot. But before we uh, talk about it, I want to talk quickly about the Channel 33 podcast that you're on. Yeah, sure. So you and Andy Greenwald are doing The Watch. Yes. Which just got recognized by EW. It did. That was really nice. That was nice of them. Once a week, that one. Yeah, that's on Mondays. Andy does some interviews every once in a while. That's right. You and Juliet do NBA Sources Says. That's right. Uh, sources Say. Sources Say. Uh, once, once a week. Once, once a week. Weeks, about. Yeah. And then Juliet uh, has a little bachelor party going. Yeah. That's happening. So she's got the reality angle cover. We got NBA. We got Andy and I talking about television. Yeah. Andy's doing interviews with television showrunners and writers and actors. Yeah. So all you have to do is go to uh, iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. You subscribe to Channel 33. I make an appearance on it every once in a while. We'll probably have some more cast characters. Oh, and Juliet and Amanda. Yeah, Jam Session. Amanda Dobbins moves here in uh, February and Jam Session will be starting with Juliet and Amanda. We're going to spin off some of these eventually, but right now check out Channel 33. Subscribe there. And you'll hear all of our people. All right, the 12th spot. James Harden. Did you think that you would be sitting here in January of 2016 wondering whether James Harden was an all-star? Well, here's the catch. He is an all-star, and yet I can't... I don't feel good about putting him on the team. He shows up out of shape. Mikhail gets fired. His teammates look like they all want to... You know, it's like the guy... This is a 35-year movie reference. Sorry, brace yourself. But in Airplane, <laughs> Robert Hayes, the, the pilot, he's telling the stories and they cut to the person next to them and they're pouring gasoline <laughs> yeah. on themselves, trying to set themselves on fire. That's what everyone on the Rockets looked like with James Harden. They're just so tired of playing with him. Um, and then the, the defense slipped way back. And I think what happened with him is 
I mentioned this theory before, but a year ago, coming off the Olympics, he's in shape, he's yeah. competing against these guys, comes in the season, he's in the best shape of his life. This year, no, not the best shape of his life. Another and I blame him for that. Yeah. This, this team should have been one of the best teams. That's this is another expectations team. Couple a couple of the theme of the season is some some of these teams not meet, meeting up, living up to expectations. The lower tier teams, Pelicans, Rockets. But in this case, this is really inexcusable. He was one of the best four players in the league last year. And this team year. should be good. And this team should be good. And they have real pieces. And I I blame him. Yeah. Over everyone else, I blame him and Daryl Morey for. Um, putting a sabermetric-friendly team that without any regard whatsoever for how the personalities might mesh. Um, I feel comfortable uh, tweaking him a little on that. Okay. I think this is a when advanced, This is a Sloan Conference team where it's like the panel topic is when advanced stats go wrong. It's all of these situations, all of these decisions in a vacuum made sense, but the team they put together, the it was a personality nightmare. Yeah. And there's no leadership and there's a bunch of head cases and it just didn't work. Um, here's the catch with Harden though. He's still averaging 27 and a half a game. He's still putting up seven and six for rebounds and assists. PR still way up there. Like statistically, there's a great case for him. And he's one of the best crunch time guys in the league when he wants to be. Yeah. And he gets to the line. He's just not making threes this year. So I don't know. That's the case for him. I actually, you know, especially you watch that Clips Rockets game, like Dwight is putting up 15 and 12 pretty quietly. <laughs> He's only missed seven games. He you killed want, DeAndre. You want Dwight on the Celtics? No. No. But he's a, we have to mention him for the... Because if you're going to mention DeAndre, you have to mention Dwight. Sure. And then uh, Boogie Cousins would be the other one. He's averaging almost 26 and 11 every night. I feel like Boogie's on the All-Star team. This isn't really he's a conversation. He's missed games. Uh, one because he gets suspended. And they they crater when he's not playing. He's taking almost four threes a game. You're not into that. He's only shooting 44%. That's horrible. You're yeah. a big guy. You're not fit. You're not 50%. That's yeah. an abomination. That's something that happens like at the tail end of your career. Um, defense comes and goes, but can be good. Very good. I, I would say he, I would, I hate calling anyone a cancer. I would say maybe <laughs> not, maybe not a fun guy to play with but from time to time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say he's in one of the best situations any good player can be in where it's this team. All they do is revolve around his offense. He is told over and over again that they coddle him. Yeah. We love you. You're a guy. All we need you to do is just be you. Oh, you want to shoot four threes a game? Great. Go ahead. Here's Rondo. Rondo doesn't want to shoot. All he wants to do is give you the ball. Yeah. And this team is still six games under 500. And here, here's why I didn't put him on. They had the Warriors come there, like, what, two, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Big game. Yeah. Time for the Kings to, lay, you know, really kind of show that maybe they're a playoff team. And he gets 5,000 12 minutes and then gets kicked out. I, can you rely on this guy? No, but I think he's an all-star. I don't feel good about it. Okay. Um, with that said, if you wanted to put him on, that's fine. I, I, I feel like you can't really, in good conscience, not have him on. I also think Oh, the, I can totally, in good conscience, not have him on. What are you talking about? <laughs> the guys that you also have here that are in competition, I just feel like Boogie's having a much better season than Dirk. Who would you rather play with? Oh, Dirk. But this isn't about Wait, my... That, like, that is, that, it's totally but this what is it's not, about. It's the All-Stars, not the who would you rather play with. I'd rather play with Kent Bazemore and, and you know, like I would rather play with a bunch of guys who are really cool to hang out with. I'd rather play with Campaign. Let's switch Dirk and Zaza 
with Boogie and what power Omar Omri Caspi. Okay. Is is Sacramento a playoff team? Well, probably not. Dirk's professionalism. Did, we saw how Dirk and Rondo worked out last time. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Although so you I want to put really Boogie over. Seeing Rick Carlisle coach Boogie. <laughs> so you're saying Boogie and Harden are in, and Dirk's out. Yes. I'm not going to do that because I love basketball and I love Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> I feel like you're and I love me chemistry. Up. And I and I think the little well, if things we're just matter. going off of our feeling here, like I, you know, like let's get the newly tatted up JJ Redick in there. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was hoping we'd get there. Yeah, shooting fifty percent from three, uh, almost making three a game. Nineteen per. He's never he's never looked more in shape or tatted up. He just looks. He's, <laughs> this is the JJ Redick we wanted ten years ago. Coming out of the Morrison draft, this is our dream JJ Redick. What if JJ Redick just keeps getting tattoos and keeps getting better? I love it. And he's the first guy with like the Sons of Anarchy jail guy full body tats, but he's shooting like sixty percent from three. I want this to get to a point where he gets rid of the JJ. <laughs> it's like I'm James now. Or Jimmy. I'm Jimmy Reddick. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, you can make a case he's more valuable to the Clippers than Blake Griffin. At this point, yeah. Because when Blake comes out, they figure out how to win without him. If you took JJ shooting and his motion out of that offense, it's it's just a clock toilet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer. The other guy is that uh, Marcus Gasol, who's showed up out of shape and a little banged up and just has to be mentioned. And then Townsend Wiggins. I've just enjoyed them. They, I've really they enjoyed should at least too. be on a miss the cut list. Yeah, and you have DeAndre on here too. Yeah, I I, I just can't watch that guy play basketball no. anymore. <laughs> It'd be great if they just I wanna, I if wish they hack could, a DeAndre in the All Star game. <laughs> I want to hack him out of my brain. Yeah, they should All Star hack a DeAndre. <laughs> if DeAndre was was a girl, I would break up with him and tell him it's not you, it's me. Yeah, and I, then I would unfollow them from Facebook. After, that would be after you wrote them like an incredibly long email to try to convince them to come back with you. No, I've never convinced them to come back. I, I just ha- I, I just can't watch him play basketball anymore. He's the most frustrating. Um, does a couple things that I know he can do, and does a couple things that he just can't do. Do you think so? We're, we're coming into this now. Who's the team that you think? Because one of the things that's sort of been weird about thinking about trades this year is just how much the vocabulary of it. There's no the, the idea of like expiring contracts. Is sort of that that those value the value of those have been diminished with the cap and everything. Yeah, who do you think is a team that could actually do something? Who actually should do something? Do you think they should break up the Clippers? Do you think that they should do something? They won't. I don't think you can break them up till uh, till this summer. Okay. The 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 greatest trade that's been in there, and a couple different people have emailed this to me. Is this is a great? Who says no? You ready? I'm, I'm we should end on this for one. This. Yeah. Blake Griffin to Miami for Chris Bosh. Wait, wait a second. For Chris Bosh and Justice Winslow. Wow. Who says no? <laughs> Who says no? Blanco. Does Blanco say no? Who's that? Whiteside. Oh, Whiteside Blanco. <laughs> <laughs> Who says no? I don't know. Does that? Where does that put them with the Durant sweepstakes? Um. I think they're fine if they let Wade go. Think Blake and Durant next year. I'd love to have Winslow in LA. Winslow, how about Bosch? How well would Bosch fit in with the yeah. Clips? I feel like the Clips could win the title you know, with Doc that trade. Doc wants to do it. He played against Bosch. Like this team, he coached against Bosch in the Eastern Conference Finals. Clips, I think, have to do that trade. 
I think Miami says no. Because they don't want to get rid of Bosch? Or because they don't want to get rid of Winslow? Blake was in the playoffs last year. Blake put together 13 of the best playoff games that have ever been strung together in the history of the league. And all of us said he's now the third best player in the league. Yeah. And yet, I almost feel like that. No, they'd say yes. I think both teams say yes to that. It's a great trade. But Bosch and Winslow for Blake, the Warriors are like, oh, shit. So the starting Clippers five would be Paul, Redick, Winslow, Bosch, DeAndre? Right. And then in crunch time, maybe you take DeAndre out. Little Paul Pierce? Yeah. Can we get... We, can we allow Paul Pierce to cheat? Can he take PEDs? <laughs> we all love Paul Pierce, right? Yeah, I don't want him going anywhere. Can we send him to Germany for a nice little three-month <laughs> PED cycle? I'm totally fine with it. I love Paul Pierce. And then Miami has Wade, Dragic, Griffin, and nothing. Whiteside? That's right. Luau Dang? And Dang. Yeah. Dang with the and coming, yeah. With the rant coming this summer. Yeah. It's great. It's a great one. I don't know who says no. I, I don't think we can top that. You got to end on that. That's it? Yeah. Kevin Love for Avery Bradley? I mean, would you do... I, I still think Blake Griffin for Kevin Durant's fun. You can't trade Durant. If he's like, I'm walking. You guys got to know he that. He would never I'm do walking. that, though. Blake Griffin, that's also the one team where Blake wouldn't be totally pissed off. Yeah, going home. You trade him anyway, like trade him to Denver, or trade him all these different yeah. places. He'd be like, oh, trade you guys Utah are such dicks. <laughs> For yeah. Gobert and Lyles. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to Miami. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Can make that work. I think if you do that trade, though, you'd probably have to follow that up with a with either figure out something with Wade or something with Dragic. If you wanted to make a run this year with Miami. Right. God, what a trade that would be. That though. would be like a complete league changer. It really would. I actually think the Doc... I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know who says no. Who says no? I don't know. All right. Um, thanks to Simply Safe. Simply Safe has no long-term contracts. Period. You get the best twenty-four-seven protection possible for just fourteen ninety-nine a month. It's the only security I trust. Visit simplysafebill.com to get ten percent off. Uh, Simply Safe Bill. Dot com. You cannot get a better trade at Simply Safe than Chris Bosch and Justice Winslow <laughs> for Blake Griffin. But you can get great security for $14.99 a month. Thanks to HBO. You don't need cable or satellite to watch HBO anymore. Just download the HBO Now app and start your free one-month trial today. Thanks to SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the BS Podcast and Channel 33. Subscribe to both of those podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And thanks to Chris Ryan. Thanks for having me. That was fun. What was your biggest disagreement? I think that my biggest disagreement was Dirk in the Western Because Conference. you hate basketball, chemistry, and winning. That's right. I, 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 just, I just want Boogie to destroy the league. You want Boogie. <laughs> you want Boogie to be a cancer. You want to bet on the East. Yeah. You want Boogie to be a cancer in the West. I still love you, Boogie. I would take you on the Celtics in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, we'll be back Friday with Joe House and NFL Picks. Until then. We about this bitch. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here, close your eyes, and picture me rolling.